Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my guest today, Robin Feeney. Now, she is a nomad who quit her job in corporate, sold everything, packed everything into one suitcase, and I have to say I'm impressed because, hey, it's hard for me to travel within where I go in one suitcase. And she bought a one-way ticket to Australia. So welcome, Robin. And I want to hear a little bit more about that part. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me, Sophia. So I had, I was in the corporate world for 11 years. I worked for the same company. And I had, when I started, I had this work to travel mentality. So I would, which a lot of, I think a lot of Americans um, Westerners are used to this. You save, save your money, save your vacation, and for the wanderlusters, and then you go somewhere. And so I would do that with a couple of friends from college. We every year we'd choose a country, a region, and we would go. And I I kept feeling this itch, like I want more, I want more, and I would see more of the world and see like, oh, I want to discover more. I don't want to be behind the desk. I don't. <laughs> and I worked. The irony is at the time, and this was this was before the pandemic and everything. So I had been working remotely for eight years at that point. Oh, okay. So you were already used to the whole remote working thing. So it wasn't a brand new out of the way thing when the pandemic hit. Right. So I was, so that part was like, it was very, I was used to it. It was my norm. And the difference is my company wanted me in the States, in Dallas, and I'd pitched an idea of like, hey, what if I go live in Mexico and work? And um, they turned it down. I'm curious now, like post-pandemic, if that would be different. Um, but it was kind of that moment that I was like, you know, I've got one life. And if I don't know, if I don't do this, and my motto became, if I don't go, I don't know. Right, right. And so I decided to just put it all on the line and see, just out of curiosity and follow what that was what it was going to be like. So how did you decide where your one-way ticket was going to be? So I had talked to different nomads and I actually didn't know this was that much of a, I didn't know much about the nomad lifestyle, digital nomad, any of that. Um, But I had met some people at a conference um, who were living this lifestyle. And so they had recommended Southeast Asia. And I knew that starting out with my journey that I was going to need like, my own like celebration and vacation of sorts before like really jumping in. So I had some hotel rewards and there was a hotel in Sydney right near the opera house that I had my eye on. And so I thought, you know what, I'll start there. And so I started in Sydney and then I was in, in Australia for about a week. Um, I had some mutual friends that I connected with. And then from there, Australia was kind of the gateway because I knew I wanted to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, Okay. So tell us a little bit more about, okay, so that was your journey, how you got started and everything, but how did you maintain it and how did you decide where to go next? So I, I knew that for the first, I didn't have a plan really. My, my one plan I had was buy one way tickets because I thought, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow and see where, where life will take me. And so I started in Thailand and I had a conference that I'd already booked, um, back in the States. 
So that left me about eight weeks um, on the first leg of my journey. So I bought my one, one way ticket there and then I got a ticket back to the state. And when I was back in the US, I was close. So I was like, where, where do I want to go next? And somebody had recommended a city in Mexico. So I kind of like my travels either would be somebody would tell me of a place mm -hmm. and I would follow that curiosity or I would have an event or something. I was at the time I um, had, I was entering into a coaching program. And so I had retreats as part of that. So I would kind of hop over around the world or there would be, I would go to a nomad conference somewhere and meet people and then end up at a wedding in Al Albania and, and then back in the States. And so a lot of it was just very organic and I, I wasn't really certain where, where I would end up. Um, and I just kind of followed that hmm. flow. So, okay. How, how did you kind of, because you said you put everything into one suitcase and then you left. So you sold everything that you had, put whatever you needed in one suitcase, you went to Australia. But then it sounds like you were going back and forth to the States. So when you came back, were you staying with family and then deciding where you were going to go next and then just taking it from there? Yeah. So my sister, I used my sister's place in Dallas as a home base and she still has, I condensed, I condensed my life down to three. Um, I have like three bucket containers in her garage that have like my keepsakes that I kept like all my special items that I didn't want to release right. and then some shoes and a few things, but otherwise everything was condensed to the suitcase. And so I've used her place as a launch pad. Um, and sometimes it would be, I'd pop back in for three days sometimes three months, um, pandemic, it was two years. Uh, <laughs> so I feel very fortunate in that regard that, and I have many friends that I would visit all over that would host me. Um, and so I feel very fortunate in that way that I did have a place that I could go back to and just kind of like reset my bearings and then head out again. So where are you now? So I'm in Brazil and I've been living here for almost four months now. And what took you to Brazil? So intuitive hit last year. I I knew I was starting after the pandemic, travel and everything was starting to pick up again. And and I knew I didn't want to continue to overstay my welcome at my sister's, <laughs> even though the kids like her kids wanted me around and I, I loved being around, but I knew like I've gotta I gotta feel what post pandemic travel is like. And so I knew I wanted to go somewhere um comparable um and miserable so I was like where can I go where it's winter and so I started looking in South America and then Brazil still wasn't on my radar I was looking at like Argentina Chile Peru and then I started getting signs to go to Brazil and they just it's kind of like law of attraction for like I think that's something that a lot of people can they may not fully grasp but they can know where like if something's in your awareness like you want to buy a new car so you want a, a blue car and you start seeing that blue car everywhere. Right. That's kind of how Brazil was showing up for me. And, and it would be, sometimes it would be really loud in my face. Um, like I'd be at a conference and the first speaker was, had a travel show and that he hosted in Brazil. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I'd go, <laughs> go somewhere else and to be talking to a completely random person and Brazil would come up in conversation. And so I just followed followed the hit um 
to see what what the beautiful country has in store for me. So when you get um, your hits and, and whatnot, do you, because I usually get signs in threes. If I get, if it shows up three times, it's like, okay, you really need to pay attention. It's like, it might've been something I was thinking about. And then all of a sudden, like you said, I'll be speaking to somebody and it randomly shows up in a conversation or it shows up on the television or I get a random email. <laughs> so how do your, um, how do your signs show up? How do your hits show up? Do you have a pattern for them? It's not real. I mean, it's very similar, I would say, to how you just described it, where I would I would turn on the TV, something about Brazil would mention, or I see a lot of signs through animals, um, like animals will speak to me. And so once I start seeing like the patterns of something, mm-hmm. then sometimes like a- animals will come in. And, and so dragonflies were really present for me last year. And I'd be talking about something in Brazil would come up and then there would be a dragonfly. And, and so it was always like that confirmation, like for me, like that next level. Okay. Um, Cause sometimes it's like you say you, you get, you, you hear things in threes, which that's great that you know that. And I think sometimes people, we, we keep getting it, keep getting it. And then the universe is like, okay, I got to do something bigger. If they're really not getting this. Um, so that's how sometimes like animals and other signs will start to show up when it's louder. And it's like, Hey, are you just going to keep ignoring this? So what do you do now? Cause you mentioned something about retreats and well, I also happen to know that you're a coach. So to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, when I quit my corporate life, I was, I had a marketing um, communications background and I really wasn't, certain what I wanted to do. And so I did give myself like that first year to just decompress and travel and lived on my savings and everything. And so after that, then I started, I had a lot of coaches in my circle. And so I would have different friends talk to me about, Hey, I think you'd be a really great coach. And, and so I, again, it was kind of that I had enough people like saying something to me. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll follow that curiosity. And then I ended up enrolling in a year long certification program to be a certified coach, transformational leader and retreat leader. And retreats are something that I've always been, I've attended many in just my own growth journey. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've thought would be nice to offer for others. And, and then it's, it's so about four years ago, I got a clear download to lead solo experiences, and I spell it S-O-U-L-O, for people who they want to travel solo, but they're not really ready to do it on their own, or they are, maybe they do travel on their own around like their country or something, or countries that they're familiar with, but mm-hmm. maybe there's some like more intimidating places that they're interested in going, and they would love to have that extra support. And so... So I created these solo experiences so that I could design. I like to say it's like, it's, it's like Amazing Race, but it's not. It's like <laughs> I, I, I encourage people, I send them out on challenges, get them out of their comfort zone so that they get comfortable. Um, and then we have a variety of places that we go. We sleep in different places so that you're really getting a taste of all the different ways that you can travel. Right. Um, and for me, it's always like 
spending like being in the heart of like what how a local lives and mm-hmm. so taking local transportation and eating at more local places that maybe you you wouldn't think to check out because it's not the instagrammable place but right so and, it's, but it's, a lot of those are the best places that i've found when i travel for sure especially yeah. well i do tra- i do a lot of solo travel and when i do when i find a local place if it's in the neighborhood where i am then they sort of get to see me quite a bit because when i was in um, morocco found this really cool place in Casablanca and I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going there. And yeah, I went to a couple other places, but this is a nice local spot. And then I walk in and the lady knew me at that point. And she's like, so would you like the same thing? It's like, wow, I'm a regular. She knows what I want. So, but yeah, I love, that's I love that cool. you, yeah. And I love that you gave yourself that because that's part of travel. A lot of a lot of people ask the question, like, how do you bring home to wherever you are? And especially someone who is a nomad and moving around a lot, it is those local places. And it's like finding those little spots and saying like, no, I really like this and I'm going to go back because that's what feeds your soul. Exactly. And plus it's what I have found is it's easier on your wallet because a lot of the bigger places that cater to tourists, they jack the prices up. And so if you really end up with good food and at a reasonable price, as opposed to maybe mediocre food at a way higher price. Right. That's going to places like that and kind of off the beaten path. That's what really supports you in like knowing the heart of a place and the culture in that regard. Mm -hmm. If you're just staying in like the main places, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I always encourage people like, Hey, go like one of my favorite things is to just walk out the door and follow my curiosity and go down different streets and like trust, like kind of follow, follow that flow and see what shows up in that regard. Um, but I think that's really what opens your eyes to different ways know different ways of living and different cultures and and it builds that confidence knowing that you're like hey I I went in somewhere that maybe I wouldn't have necessarily chosen on my own right so you've been in Brazil now for you said almost four months how long are you planning to stay or do you not have a plan Well, so I came here, I came here in August of last year. That's when, when I got the hit to come and I ended up in this, where I'm living now, it's a small surf town um, in the South Sebastia region. And I just fell in love with the area and felt like just connected on a deeper level, like with just the, the nature, the scenery and everything. And then one of the things I started in my travels, um, five years ago is I have a mission to model in photo shoots in countries all over the world as a way to support local designers, stylists, artisans. So I hire local photographers, like local stylists, and I wear local designs. Okay. And I, so I started doing that um, in different places. And so in Brazil, I knew like, Oh, I want to start this up again. And it's been a while because of the pandemic. And 
so I found my photographer and then we started talking after I left and connected. And then we long, like long story short, I'm now living here and dating my photographer. So it's, <laughs> um, it's, so that's what brought me back to Brazil four months ago. So the, when you ask like in the long-term plan is I I'm here, I have my visa is good until September and then I already had plans to go to New Zealand um, at the end of the year to house sit for a friend. So, so I'm kind of just leaning into all of that, but I see myself coming back here and living long-term next year. Okay. So will you be doing more retreats in Brazil, do you think? Or will you do your retreats? Will they take you to different countries? Because I know, uh, me for one, I want to do retreats and I do want to do them in different countries. Um, depending on what the focus is. And I always believe that, you know, if you're going through something or you're looking for personal growth, a lot of times travel is going to help you get to that point uh, because you have to be open-minded. <laughs> you have to start looking at things from a different perspective. And yeah. I think once you start opening up that way, things can start to really change for you. So yeah. that's, that's my I, plan. I, <laughs> yeah. Which is a beautiful plan. And I, I like to say that travel in like in my experience and opinion is one of the quickest like doorways into transformation because it puts you up against, it kind of strips you down from what you've known and causes you to show up. Um, right. differently and step into your confidence more and speak up and use your voice. Um, so, so that's why I love travel. And I do see, I, I am planning to lead more retreats in Brazil. And I also intend to lead retreats all over the world. So wherever, wherever I am, uh, really creating an experience and inviting people. And I really, for like with solo experiences, it is calling, inviting people to these more like intimidating or unknown places. Like you mentioned Morocco and that's somewhere that was so, so profound for me. And I had, I don't know if you had a similar experience, but I had many people say to me, you can't travel to Morocco as a woman by yourself. And it was the most like hospitable people I've ever met in my life. And locals I, would invite me into their home for tea. And it was just, such a beautiful experience and I didn't have any situations where I was like oh I shouldn't this is scary or anything like that and so I think like for me it's like continuing to break that paradigm of what what you hear on the news right and showing people that people are there's people everywhere in every place in the world that are living life and and, and have I, nothing to do with what's on the news yeah exactly and you know people are we're all more similar than we are different, right? Even if even if the language is different, we are still more similar. And of course, uh, maybe it's a plug for Google Translate, but that helped me out a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Before I, you know, before the whole smartphone thing, yeah, it was a little bit more difficult traveling to places where I didn't speak the language, but I always got by. I always got help. And it was never, and it has never been 
and I'm putting it out there that it never will be an issue, you know, because a smile does go a long way and most people are willing to be helpful. You know, that's what I found. And I, I tend to, I tend to, um, well, we'll just put it out there, get lost and not on purpose, you know, cause I've read right. all this stuff. Oh, you should get lost on purpose. No, <laughs> I just get lost. It happens naturally. <laughs> same for me. Right? Like it doesn't matter where the blue dot's telling me to go. I'm still not going to follow it. I'll get lost. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah. but I have gotten so much help along the way, you know, just, asking for it. And I think that's one of the things that you cannot be afraid to speak up. You can't be afraid to ask for help. You know, even if you're at home, you can't be afraid to ask for help, you know, because it's just easier to me. It's just easier. It's like, Hey, how do I do this? How do I get to there? (laughs) Right. You know, and I go, it's the same thing. And I I like to say to you, like what you talked about with language and it's like yes we do have google translate we have different apps now that make it more accessible and energy is language yeah so like you said a smile goes a long way laughter like laughter's everywhere and there's in body language it's like somebody can tell if you're looking stressed and don't know where you're going um so there's always i like to call them my travel angels like yes <laughs> strangers show up right when I need them yeah same and they guide me same oh. same here um <laughs> completely the same thing because I end up in some situations where it's like oh I probably should not have turned down that street but it's like <laughs> yeah. I guide it out and I get helped and you know it's it's always it's always pleasant it's always pleasant. Yeah. And your energy does speak a lot because your energy precedes you. Mm-hmm. So if people feel like you're safe and you're genuine, then chances are they're going to help you do whatever it is you need to do. Yeah. And that's, that's what I really support my clients in as well. Cause I get the safety question a lot from people. It's like, well, how do you feel safe when you travel? And it's, it's learning to really trust your body. And I always say like our bodies, our body knows before our mind. Yeah. So your body's going to tell you like my shoulders, like I'll start, if I turn down a street that doesn't feel good, my body's like, Hey, this isn't good. And in those, those times too, it's learning, like, don't panic. Don't get, don't stress, like just trust. And I, I utilize like my, I have travel guides that I call on and, and I tell my clients too, I'm like, even if you don't believe in that, or you, you don't know if it works, call call on your travel guides. Yep. (laughs) They, They are there to help you. And even last week on retreat, we, we were out and we were going to take the bus somewhere. And I, I called them my travel guides and I said, please have a bus waiting for us when we get there. And the bus was waiting. And so it's like thing, little things like that, but you just begin to like trust in and ask and then let it go. Like, don't, don't be yeah. attached to it. Yes. I completely agree with that because I was telling um, someone else recently that when I was in um, 
couple different places. So it happened to me once when I was in Hong Kong and it happened again when I was in Egypt that, you know, somebody came and said, hey, come to my shop. I've got blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm following them. And so the Hong Kong one, it's like, we started going down some streets. It's like, this is feeling kind of sketchy to me. I was like, you know what? I don't really need that outfit. So I'm just going to go. Because it just started not, I was looking around and it was looking kind of barren. And I was like, now it's time for me to turn back. This does not feel safe. And then when I was in Egypt, we were good. You know, went into the shop. He showed me his perfumes. I got tea and just the general, you know, that's kind of what happens when you're there. Right. And so I felt fine until he said, let's go upstairs. And so I can show you, I forget what he wanted to show me upstairs. Because at that point, my mind was just like, nope. Mm -mm." And all the little hairs on the back of my neck started to stand up. I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. I'm going to go. And, you know, maybe, maybe it might've been fine. I don't know, but I chose to listen to myself because that way I knew I was going to be fine. You know, I left the yeah. shop, went back onto the main drag where there were a bunch of people and, you know, it was all good, but I always listen because the other thing too, is because I do travel solo and maybe I'm a tad paranoid. I'm thinking nobody's going to know to look for me right. <laughs> until after a certain time passes when I should have been back home already. Or, you know, if I tell somebody I'm going to check in with them at a certain time and I don't check in, that's when they'll figure it out. So it's like, I'm not going to purposefully put myself in situations where something could go wrong and then nobody knows, you know? Right. So I think that that is probably one thing that people fear traveling on their own or maybe, and, but then I do find a lot of people don't think exactly the way I do like that. You know, because I do notice that there are some people who's like, oh, it's vacation. Let me just throw all my common sense to the wind as I'm on vacation. And then you end, you know, you end up in weird situations and it's like, oh, you know, how did I get here? And it's like, well, because you threw away every inhibition, you threw away every thought, you threw away everything and you put yourself you put yourself in the situation, right? And not victim blaming or anything, but right. there's certain things that, you know, if you wouldn't do it at home, don't, please don't do it in a foreign country, you know? Exactly. And that's like, that's something that I'm, I'm always mindful of and like with, especially drinking. And I'm like, I don't, I don't drink a lot of, in general, but when I'm traveling, especially, I put more limits around that because, I know that it's like, because I'm so tuned in to my body, that the more like relaxed I get, it can kind of like, let like release some of that to where and it's always good to not to be vigilant, but be aware. And and that's where the discernment really comes in. Because like you said, it's like, you were fine in the journey at the beginning, like, hey, this is great. And then all of a sudden, your body was like, "Mm, no, I don't, I don't think we should continue walking down this path and and that even like you choosing to speak up for yourself and say no a lot of people like 
can't, like they get into those situations and they're like, Oh, but I feel bad. I don't want to like let this person down or so they put themselves in, and when you are traveling in that regard, especially solo, I feel you do have to put yourself first. Oh, always, always. Because if it's one of those things, if you don't want to take, if you don't put yourself first, nobody else is going to. Right. And you really have to take care. It really is like, like you're saying, like you have to take those just, and that's learning to trust yourself. And that comes, it's like, that's the beauty of solo travel is it puts you in those situations to where you normally, because when you're with others, there's like group think. So it's like, you can rely on others, which is great. And when it's just you, then you're learning to answer for yourself and what feels aligned in that regard. Yeah. And I, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, but I do like traveling with other people. It just so happens that I end up, you know, doing a lot of it on my own, but I enjoy traveling with other people because there's that whole, oh, you saw, I just saw something amazing and I can turn to somebody and say, oh, did you see that amazing thing too? But there's nothing like solo travel because you do learn yourself a lot more. Because sometimes you do end up in situations or just travel in general. Things aren't always going to go exactly the way you want them to. And you learn a lot about yourself when you're in that situation where it's high pressure or things just, you know, fell apart. And now you need to gather yourself so that you can put things back together so you can get back on track. So I think you... Like I said, I think you learn a lot about yourself in those situations. Yeah. And learning to one of the biggest areas I've learned is like releasing attachment. And some of my favorite moments traveling are when something I had planned or intended to go like a place I was going to visit or something like fell through or there was a flight delay or a missed train or the excursion was closed or something. And then I end up somewhere else that I never would have been if it had not been for that experience and that's what I find and that comes through like again that comes through time like learning but when you can learn to just be in the moment and go with the flow and accept like okay that didn't work out but something else is coming along and who knows it could be even better then you can take that back to your everyday life and learn to not be so attached when things don't go as planned. Yeah, I I definitely agree because that happened to me in Turkey. I was going to visit a friend in UAE and we checked all the visa stuff and it was fine, but that was months before and then things changed. And because I didn't recheck, I did not know that things changed. So when I got there, they were like, where's your visa? I'm like, but I didn't think I needed one. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Mm. And they sent me back to Turkey. <laughs> and oh, wow. so we had to go through this whole thing about forgetting my visa. And this whole time now I'm in Turkey when I should not have been in Turkey. <laughs> but because I was there, I met these <clears throat> really great people who had a kiosk. And they sort of just took me under their wing started helping me out, you know, 
It's like stay in our office. You can use our phone. You can use our computer. You can use our fax machine, whatever you need. So I'm like, cool, thank you. And then so I started working with them, you know, because people would come up and offer them coffee or tea. And if anybody was speaking English, <laughs> so I was working their window while I was doing my stuff on their computer, which was fun. And then I ended up in Cappadocia, which is not somewhere I had intended to go because that wasn't on the itinerary. But because I was there, they're like, well, why don't you just go to this place and stay in a cave hotel and, you know, take a hot balloon ride? And it's like, okay. Like, sign me up. <laughs> right. So I did that. And being in the balloon was like, ugh, so amazing. You know, you're floating over and then I'm watching all the scenery and changing and it was just so incredibly amazing. And then staying in the Cape Hotel, I was like, I don't know what that's going to be like, but it was really interesting because the place was really laid out nicely, but obviously it's a cave, right? So no windows and stuff, but then it kept it really nice and cool. So yeah, it was just a wonderful experience that I never would have had if my visa had gone through as it should have. <laughs> Yeah. And like, oh, that's so, I love that. I love that story. And like, and it teaches you, I think, to like handle situations and pivot with grace. Yes. That also shows you like your initial reaction can show you sometimes like, oh, okay. Wow. I'm really, really, that shows where you're really attached to something. Um, but I think through time you learn like, okay, this is just a hurdle. And it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because there are times when it's like, are you kidding me? But you adjust. And even even at home sometimes, you know, things don't always work out the way you anticipate them. But then something good can come out of it. And it's like, oh, okay, that, you know, and then you can look back and it's like, oh, that's why that happened because, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I think that's one of the things that travel can teach you, but you can, I mean, you don't have to go anywhere to learn these things about yourself. It's just, you know, how you react or respond to situations will teach you about yourself. But then when you're in your comfort zone, it's easier to like just freak out or whatever. And because you're in your comfort zone, you know where everything is. But when you're away, then it's like, oh, <laughs> now what? You know, I'm not in my comfort zone. Now I actually have to take a step back and recalibrate and figure out what's the next step and how I'm going to do whatever it is. So yeah, I think... I love solo travel. I love the name of your company. Um, and why don't you let people know how they can find you? Yeah. So my website and um, Instagram social media handles is wandering ant and it's a U N T. Um, so you can find me through those and then um, solo experiences. I also have an Instagram for that as well. And it's all connected to my wandering ant. Okay, great. So we know how to find you. We can send you messages. Anybody yes. who's out there who's like, okay, I'm like really scared to go solo. Check her out. She'll help you out. 
And tell me your stories. I love listening to travel stories and your wins and everything. It's like, yeah, I love connecting with people. Oh, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And hopefully we can talk again when you're doing something new. And yeah, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me.